0: I'm glad you are not sad, and I'm glad you were sad all at the same time, Kurt. Well, John, I think that was awful. Then I would feel the need to spit.
1: The four-point shot was a fantasy of mine.
0: I actually was waiting for you to break into song.
1: You know me, always
0: 100% confident my answer. I don't think it's offered in most karaoke catalogs.
1: Pretty cool.
0: Smart dribble, cuckoo time coming your way. Kurt Schneider here with. Why do I always feel your noises are like the start of a Three Stooges episode, Kurt? This is John Ellenthal. Hello, Kurt. Hello, everybody.
1: So, those noises are meant to reverberate into your marrow in a good way. It's like those. Remember those tuning forks you used to have where you'd hit?
0: I do. It's just an unusual way to start an episode. I always feel like I should spray you with seltzer when you're done.
1: So, John, let's get into today's episode because I'm actually really eagerly anticipating
0: what we learn, what we discuss, and what we proffer as thoughts. Don't you hate when people say actually, like you're you're actually really interested in this topic? Did I say I'm actually? You did. It's a prerequisite for this to work that we both be into the topic.
1: I hate when people say that. Thank you for catching me on that. I am ready to talk about this.
0: Why don't we tell our listeners what the topic is, Kurt?
1: Sure. This is a cool topic. It is. There are a lot of words we use today in a daily basis. That meant something completely different 500 years ago.
0: Yeah, like the opposite different in many cases, which is incredible how a word can completely reverse its meaning over the course of time.
1: Well, I mean, think about it. There's one word that's done it over back and forth to bad. be, you know, cool, bad. Exactly. Yeah. To be down on something or to be down with something it's good, it's bad, it goes back and forth they just they flip flop like a fish on a pier, you
0: know you brought the noises today. we don't even need a sound effects budget, Kurt, with you, all right, so we're going to talk about a bunch of words that mean something today and meant something either completely different and even possibly completely the opposite once upon a time. That topic is awesome sauce, Kurt
1: so. I have a couple of things, but if that's the one you want to start with, I can go there. I just so, want to
0: point out that there are not a lot of 56-year-old men who use the term awesome sauce, but I thought it was a segue. Well,
1: John, I think that was awful. Just awful.
0: Oh, thank you, or not, depending on what century you lived in, Kurt. So today, the word awful means very bad or unpleasant. That's an awful odor.
1: That was an awful presentation, correct?
0: Bad, but I didn't think you meant it that way, Kurt.
1: Well, let's think about it, right? The word awful, and I could be like, let's break it down. If we break it down into its two pieces, it actually means full of awe. So it has now become awesome. You're right. But it used to be used to praise things. It was something was worthy or full of awe. It was the great thing. It was awe full. Somehow we've screwed it up. And something that was full of awe is now
0: bad. And in many ways, the word awesome has replaced the original meaning of the word awful, which is why I took one for the team with awesome sauce.
1: But you know what's funny about that? Awesome means there's just some awe. It shouldn't be that good where full awe, awe Awful should be full of it. It should be much
0: better. It's just part of the comeback, Kurt. Awesome may not be the final destination on restoring awful to its rightful meaning.
1: I'm going to start using it, by the way, with people.
0: I'm going to say, that was awful. And we'll hear what they say. And then I might get in trouble. You'll just explain that you were talking about olden days. And if you're dressed... If you're dressed like a serf from the 1300s, I think it'll go a long way toward establishing your credibility. Or if I'm wearing a codpiece. A codpiece. So listen. if you want to be a method actor, and I know you do, then you got to do it. Yeah. After dinner last night, Kurt, did you feel sad? Actually, before you answer that question, what did you have for dinner last night, Kurt? Pizza, John. I love pizza. And after you were done eating the pizza, did you feel sad?
1: No, I felt
0: glad because I ate it. I loved it if I felt sad well, I felt sad that it was gone. I was hoping you would feel sad because while the word sad" today of course means unhappy
1: yeah uh, in uh, old
0: English and if you ordered from ye old pizza restaurant <laughs> yes yes in old English, sad actually meant satisfied and content typically after a meal was completed, so you could have felt sated or satiated and content. But that would require feeling sad. So what happened? I think it's unclear how a lot of these words flip-flopped or changed their meaning so radically. over time. It's just not clear. So we'll leave that as a homework assignment for our listeners today. I'm glad you are not sad. And I'm glad you were sad all at the same time, Kurt, because life is complex
1: have one here which continues this thread of sort of the opposite, which we're going to get to the bottom of how this happened. Sean, there's the word now, which is actually with social media, it's out there big time, which is bully, right? I'm going to bully you. You get bullied on social
0: media. Terrible. Bullying is terrible. And cyberbullying, which makes it easier, is just a scourge.
1: And it's basically seeking to harm someone that you think is vulnerable, right? That's being a bully. What if I were to tell you that it actually has its roots in Flemish?
0: And then I would it, feel the need to spit.
1: And it used to mean sweetheart. So a bully was not someone who picked on the vulnerable, but it was a sweetheart. And it comes from the Flemish word for basically saying, oh, my little round thing, which is mean bulek or bulik, and a bulik became a bully. And it used to be a sweetheart. A bulik was a sweetheart. But somehow I think, and here's what I'm thinking, it was a jilted lover who was upset and thought their sweetheart, their bulik, was someone who was vulnerable and became mean. And so therefore my sweetheart, my
0: bulik, became a bully to me. All right, well, I think you're a theory.
1: 100% believe that's what it was. A jilted lover, my bulik became a bully.
0: But well, you've heard people like in England, when you say something to them, they'll say bully and it's a happy word. I don't think it means sweetheart, but it means like, yeah, right on. Have you heard people say that, Kurt? Teddy Roosevelt said
1: it all the time, but he said it in a double
0: bully, bully. Yeah, it was never a single. It was always bully, bully. I've heard a single bully before.
1: Wasn't there a song? Bully bully. I'm sure there was.
0: I I, I actually was waiting for you to break into song. It's actually Woolly Bully. Woolly Bully. Woolly Bully. Woolly Bully. Well, here's the thing, Kurt. You have a nice voice. Did I ever tell you that? I don't. Well, you don't using the original definition of the word nice. That's correct.
1: Oh, did you get me there? Oh, Oh, I had no idea you were going there. Okay.
0: So. The word nice kind of originally means not nice. And what? if you look at the Latin word, the Latin word is nicious. I'll, I'll spell it. You can pronounce it because that's how we do things here at Smart Dribble. N-E-S-C-I-U-S. Is it Nicias? Nicias. It basically means in Latin, unaware or ignorant and When it became part of the English language back in the 1300s, it basically meant stupid or foolish. So while you have a nice voice, you will have (laughs) to decide for yourself whether I'm referring to the old English definition or the modern English definition. That's up to you, Kurt. Tell me what the old English
1: definition was again.
0: Well, in Latin, it means ignorant. And when it was adopted as part of English, it basically meant stupid or foolish.
1: You know what? I can kind of see that because it's seen as passive aggressive now. Oh, that's really
0: nice. Oh, that's a tone of voice. That's not the definition of the word.
1: But you, oh, you had a nice game out there or nice try.
0: Someone who's nice, it's a compliment. If you say it in the sarcastic, sardonic, facetious tone of voice, then you can change the meaning of anything without having to go through 800 years of human history.
1: I think you're right on that. I think you're right. Johnny. you know what I was being there? Actually,
0: being, What were you being, Kurt?
1: I was being a little artificial. In what way? Ah, uh-huh. I was being a little insincere, right? I was being a little affected. I was not being from nature when I was saying things like, oh, that was nice. And I was taking it out of context. I was being artificial and artificial is seen as a negative.
0: In most cases, it is. I guess if you lost a limb and it was replaced by an artificial limb, that would be a positive, eh?
1: Let's go with, if you say to someone you're being artificial, it's not a compliment.
0: Not a compliment.
1: Okay. Guess what? Way back in Middle Ages, England, again, it was the exact opposite. It was masterfully created. Let's let's look at this. Art official. It was fully art or art fully created. So artificial was art fully, meaning you brought a lot of art to it, which is a positive. And somehow now it means insincere, affected, or not from nature. Hmm. I just thought that was really interesting. Artificial. Art-official. Oh. Awful, awful. There's a lot of these things that you can put together. And yeah. somehow one side of it got whoop, flip-flop, whoop.
0: It's like opposite day here. It's more a dribble, Kurt. It is. It is It's opposite. like bizarre. It's like a bizarro episode. Well, I'll stay with the theme you just opened up. It's artificial. Sure. Sort of. Okay. And it's the word fantastic. <gasps> what does the word fantastic mean, Kurt? Well, I would think it means
1: something like great
0: and wonderful and full of like dancing sugar it's, plums in your head. It's, it's extra good. But what you said there at the end is particularly interesting, the dancing sugar plums in your head, because the Latin for fantastic is fantasticus. And just to prove that it's Latin, it's spelled with a PH, not an F, but fantasticus, which means imaginary, the sugar plums dancing in your head, which is to say that it only exists in your imagination. It is fantasy. So it means super good now, but it used to mean completely imaginary back in olden times, not an opposite, but A different definition. Now, we're all familiar with something being fantastical, and that is, you know, relating to fantasy. So in some ways, the original definition does still live, but is Mm -hmm. by no means the primary or dominant definition. Fantastic means super duper good. Not that's completely conjured up between your ears and your mind.
1: But I can walk there on that one. I, I can I can make that
0: trip pretty easily. Because you can you can can make that putt.
1: Yeah, because when you're talking about something in fantasy, nine times out of 10,
0: it's something that's really great. Have you ever read anything dystopian about the future? (laughs) Because that's some fantastical stuff that is not fantastic. Well, I know that you read Brave New World. Uh, Let's go to Orwell instead, if you'd like to or many other.
1: But I'm thinking if you're talking about a person and someone says boy, I had this fantasy or I have this fantasy that I got made CEO of the Walt Disney Company. I have a fantasy that I hit a home run at the bottom of the ninth right. inning.
0: But there's a difference between it being a figment of your imagination and being something that's really extra good in real life, which is what I it. fantastic means more often well, than I not. I was saying, me and Walter Mitty, I was just making You can connection. get there. You can yeah. get there. So yeah. given your background... With the Harlem Globetrotters, would you say your ability to get there is analogous to a layup, a free throw, a three-point shot, or perhaps the four-point shot that you invented, a half-court shot? The four-point shot was a fantasy of mine that became
1: fantastic when we put it in practice. Walk it. Got it. Right there. Boom.
0: You didn't answer the question, though, but that is a good point. What song would you sing on karaoke? Too Drunk to Fuck by the Dead Kennedys. Would it be fun to sing it? Yeah, I don't think it's offered in most karaoke catalogs.
1: I would probably do, you know, I don't know, ain't no mountain high enough. All right, so let's keep on our words that used to mean something else. And let's go with, and again, this is not a direct opposite to your point. So now I'm sort of segueing with you. This is the word naughty. How many times did
0: you say to your children,
1: or how many times did people used to say to me, you're being naughty?
0: I think it was said a lot more to me than it was said to my children. Naughty, of course, meaning bad or badly
1: behaved, right? You're being naughty usually means bad behavior. Well, that's exactly. what Santa Claus taught us. Yeah. You better not. Write. Right. Right. You naughty or nice? Well, you want to hum what? a few
0: bars? This gets to a Could little you have bit. You a nice of a... voice. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: gets to our discussion a little bit about the left handed, right? How people are left handed through time gauche, sinister, right? All that stuff was put aside. Well, guess what? Poor people throughout history have gotten... Can I put a pin in sinister? Okay. So poor people, like left-handed people, through time have gotten bad. You know, they've gotten screwed, right? And naughty now means, as we said, bad behavior. It used to be not bad, but it meant literally people who had naught, which was zero, nothing. nothing, poor you were naughty. It wasn't that you were badly behaved. You didn't have anything. But of course, the haves versus the have-nots always want to make it seem like they are above reproach. And so therefore, people that are poor, obviously are poor because they're badly behaved. Mm -hmm. And so the people naughty, see how I'm giving you the reason how this happened, became naughty and not.
0: It's an excellent entry in today's podcast. Now, when the millennium turned to the New century, the 21st century. Why were the first 10 years called the aughts as opposed to the noughts?
1: Because they were beginning with the zero for aught.
0: But does a not mean nothing? Well, if you're sailing, it means nautical, it means you're on the water. That's a different spelling, my friend. Doesn't matter. Are you
1: dialogue with U-E at the end or not?
0: Um, if I'm in Britain, yes, but and I will also open a catalog with a U.E. at the end if I'm in Britain, but not if I'm here in the U.S.
1: See, and both of those words, I think I put the U.E. because I think they're just they're dying for it. They just they're hanging out there. They're short. They have not. If they're Do you don't spell the color,
0: C-O-L-O-U-R, just no, because, because you like that it.
1: that needs it. It's very subjective.
0: I asked you to put a pin in a word before. What was it? Sinister. Correct. I'm going to talk about how the word villain has changed in meaning over time. Again, not a flip flop, not an opposite, not a direct no. opposite. But no. we know that a villain is a sinister person, an evil, bad guy. However, in old English, it really referred to anyone who worked on an estate like a laborer. Yeah. Why were they called villains? I'll tell you why.
1: They Please. were, because they were. Of the village. They were not of the manor. So they were people that lived in the village. They were villains.
0: I'm inclined to think you're actually telling the truth this time. Can you confirm? Well, I mean, I, that's what I'm assuming. And I, I, yes, I know that. So you're going to go with yes, that is the reason. I'll lock it in. Okay. 100% confident in your answer? You know me, always 100% confident in my answer. Yes, because you went to an Ivy League school. So often wrong, never in doubt with a lot of confidence aren't you fantastic from the village yes keep going that's why they were called villains i hope you're right there because that would be a good explanation yes so keep going about what the villains yes oh, that's the whole story it was in old english it means anyone who worked on the estate but you started with sinister villain is a sinister person oh did you forget what we're talking about? No, I thought you were going to tell me about Sinister, but you got to do it. All right. I'm going
1: to give you one now that you are going to regale our audience with because okay. you've actually alluded to this in podcast past, but now we're going to bring it up because it's so apropos. It has a silent S at the end of apropos, by the way. Okay. People think that word is funny and don't know how to spell it. It's apropos. So anyway. This word goes all the way back to Greek mythology. Ooh. So there was a great architect engineer and his name was? Daedalus. Yes. And besides making wings that melted in the sun on his son, he also designed what?
0: Can't think of the word that the Minotaur was in. Labyrinth. He designed the labyrinth that contained the Minotaur. Okay.
1: So when Hercules had to go down there... He was given something to help him get through there.
0: A can of (laughs) whoop-ass.
1: A ball of yarn, okay? To help aid him, to give him hints, to get back. Put a pin in that for a second. John, I tell you about the word clue. The word clue means hint, right? I'm going to give you a clue. I'm going to give you a hint to help you get through something. It actually used to mean a ball of yarn. Was a clue.
0: And does that tie directly back to the story of Hercules and the labyrinth? Hercules was given a ball of yarn to get out as a clue,
1: as a way to, not as a clue, as hints to get there. Hence, the ball of yarn became synonymous with a hint. Clue. Pretty cool.
0: That is a cool cool meaning
1: good, not bad. We're back up to that now.
0: That was not naughty because it was filled with good stuff. Here's one. I hope that your story about villain and village is correct because no, I is. don't because I don't want to think of you as a cheater. A cheater of course is someone who deceives, who yeah. tells lies, yeah, who tricks people, guy. does yeah. bad things, right?
1: Morally reprehensible.
0: But back in the olden days when there were kings, there were royal officers of the king who were called Eshites. Okay. And their what job. Did do, yeah. Well, the job of the Ashiks was to acquire the property of anybody in the kingdom who died but did not have heirs. Because the rule was: if you died and didn't have heirs, your property would revert to the king. And the royal officers, the ishites, were the ones responsible for making that happen. However, uh-huh. Some of these guys and some of their methods were not so upstanding. Mm-hmm. And ultimately the word became synonymous with someone who lies and cheats and tricks and does bad things. Now, believe it or not, in the US, there are still laws, which I think are probably a hundred years old called escheat laws that say if someone has property that they don't claim, then the property reverts to the state. So
1: that's why people in our government are cheaters. So the people, the original thing, this is very interesting. These royal officers,
0: yes.
1: So what they're saying is these guys were morally bankrupt. Well, the way they went about their
0: business was not so honorable, Kurt.
1: So they kept it to themselves and didn't tell people. It's like, hey, King so-and-so, this person left it to someone, don't have it. And they keep it themselves. But what's cool is that these guys were were probably bad, not all of them. And that's how these escheats became cheats and it became a bad thing. That's really cool.
0: I agree with you.
1: I get that. Now, remember also what happened in those times with the king. We know it from a previous podcast, but if you wanted to procreate and you were a villain, you had to (laughs) ask for permission of the baron, the king, the lord of the manor, And if he granted it, you were allowed to fornicate under consent of the king.
0: And there was born the F word.
1: All right, John, we this is too much for my brain. We need to wrap up here because I got another one. Good, because I'm done. My brain is can't take it anymore.
0: Do you consider yourself a guy?
1: Yeah, I'm a guy. Yeah, I'm a guy.
0: Do you mean that in a 2020s kind of way or an 1800s kind of way?
1: Oh, boy. Uh, I think I mean now because I'm a good guy. A guy's like, yeah, that guy, like Nick. Nick's your pal. Nick's your friend. Nick's a guy. By the way, that was a good movie. Remember that movie? John Cusack. Yeah. Does yeah. It he goes anything? across country. No, but he goes oh, across country. Something about a girl. Yeah. but The he Sure goes, Thing. He's with, it was called The, the Sure, sure thing. thing. Yes. Yes. And he leaves the cold of the Northeast to go to California. And he says, Nick's, Nick's your guy. Nick's your pal
0: a guy these days, of course, means a male person. But in the 1800s, it meant a person who was grotesque looking. And you are not grotesque looking, at least based on the reaction I've seen you get from waitresses when we've been out together. So you are a guy and you're not a guy. Do you have any more that you want to share before we wrap up this episode, Kurt? I've enjoyed this because I've actually learned. I'm not going to say actually. Well, you started the episode with it. You (laughs) might as well end the episode with it, Kurt.
1: I have learned a ton. And I'm going to start screwing people up by saying, boy, that's awful. And you're nice when I mean the opposite of both currently. And I mean the old definition. Well, thank you all for listening tonight, today, this morning, whenever you're listening.
0: Uh, Yes, thank you, everybody, for listening. Kurt and I will actually be... Back next week with another brand new episode you're not going to react to actually were you even listening i was kind of all right so thank you everybody for listening kurt and i will actually be back next week with another brand new episode of smart drivel where we promise the drivel and hope for the smart. Until then, we hope your week is filled with smart drivel. Goodbye, everybody.
1: We hope hope you're all bullies in the old Flemish definition. Actually. Bye, everyone. Ciao.